You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. It's Heather, Jeff, and Lisa Murphy is back with us. Uh, Lisa had something come up on the social media, Heather, um, that that we thought might be fun to talk about on this show. Um, and so you want to roll that out for us, Lisa, and we'll see where it goes? Sure. Uh, I was. Uh, are, are there some ways that we can uh, teach busy parents some skills about like avoiding empty praise, positive discipline, and things that as early childhood people we know are good developmentally appropriate practices. There are some some techniques or stuff we can share for busy parents. Aha. Aha. Developmentally appropriate practices. You know, that's a mouthful you hear a lot in yes. early childhood. At how fast can you say it? <laughs> developmentally appropriate practice. <laughs> we should have a contest. <laughs> I, I picked a pick And of, when you were proposing practice. this idea, um, when we were off air, you said we could talk about DAP. And <laughs> the first thing that it sprung to my mind is, or teaching parents about DAP. And I was, the first thing that sprang to my mind was my kids um, doing the DAB. Oh. You know, after oh. a football oh. game kind of thing. <laughs> so that's what came into my mind is all these parents doing the DAB. <laughs> They're probably sick of that. There was discussion and then we'll throw of, some water bottles. The, yeah, <laughs> bottle flipping, flipping. Some, flipping some water bottles. There was some discussion of this. I still don't know what this thing is. Lisa's going to have to demonstrate for him. I, no, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so let's let's talk about it. So one thing is that, it, you know, uh, people will, will say DAP or developmentally appropriate practices because it seems like such a no-brainer to people who've been in the field for a while. But um, we have to always – and it seems – uh, relentless, this tide of parents that don't know the things that we've been teaching for, say, decades in some cases. But we have to just remember that the, the parents of these young kids are generally doing this as first-timers, uh-huh. and they don't know, they may not know, know a lot. Um, I always like to think back, some of the, the founders and um, directors of the School for Young Children in Columbus that I base my books on, um, they had a long way to come <laughs> before they understood kids. I think that's true of all of us. Um, you know, my mother was very well-intentioned, but until she found the mentors at this preschool, she didn't know what to do with us. Mostly, it was my brother she experimented on, because I was kid number two. <laughs> experiment on her brother and got everything right with you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it's, it's one of the first steps for, for working with parents around developmentally appropriate practices is realizing that they're, the place that most of them are starting from isn't, isn't uh, as advanced as we may, we may expect it or want it to be and, and just realistically starting from them where they're at. Yeah, I think it's an approach of kindness mostly is that you take a human being just the way you'd take a young child and you realize that they're, they're fresh and they're full of ideas and imagination and feelings, but they don't know much about what's coming ahead. You know, a three-year-old doesn't know much about the big parts of life. Well, a brand-new parent or a parent of a couple young kids, they are just 
they're an amateur at this. Unless they've had excellent models either in their own upbringing or lucky enough to have um, family or neighbor or somebody that's modeling things for them on a near daily basis, they are struggling <laughs> and trying to swim and loving their kids and doing the best they can, but they are um, they have a, a lot to learn. Um, so I, I, it's, I think it's remembering that constantly and, and thinking of these people as intelligent and good, um, but being kind to the situation. And I think it can be hard to maintain that because um, if, if you yourself are someone who's been working with young kids and, and had professional training and, and so on, it's after about 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, you feel like, why haven't they got it by now? Yeah. Yeah, because you're always getting a, a new batch of of these people that are in the same place, and so you never you never see the progression there. I'm loving. Well, if you work with them for a couple of years. You yeah, know, you do see changes. You see a lot of changes. Yeah, but then then another batch comes in, and you're starting over yep. again, and and over time that gets uh, that gets frustrating. Um, I'm loving. Well, I'm loving something you said, and I'm going to circle back to it. The conversation is really bringing to mind what Nancy Carlson Page talks about about how you don't know what you don't know. And that sometimes as early childhood people, because we're in this 24-7, that we forget that often we are the experts. And so what just kind of we do instinctually is, is something that at some point we had to learn. But we do forget that there was a time when we didn't know what we what we now know and just do. And I'm loving, I wrote down what you said, how, how do you see them and, and how do you see those parents? And that's a, that could be a podcast. You know, do we see those adults walking in the door as intelligent and kind and competent or do we assume, you know, or, or do we see them as, Im, I don't know, imperfect or, or lacking in ability? Do we see ourselves... Need to be corrected and advanced and fixed. <laughs> yeah, and you know, back in, when I was still in California, there was actually um, a, a Prop 10 or something, there was something going on, and I'm forgetting what it is now, and the California people are going to get mad at me, but the a bunch of early childhood people, and it was funded by Rob Reiner, and they started making commercials on TV, which when you go back and watch them, they were insulting. I mean, it, 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 the message that was being given was pretty much, hey, you know what, we know you just gave birth to that thing, but we know better, so let us let us come in and, and pretty much just start bombarding you with all of this stuff. I mean, it really, the dynamic was, was horrible um, and really sent an incorrect message that parents were incompetent, and it was really kind of frustrating, and that's getting off topic, and I apologize for that. Um, but but meeting parents where they are, we're really, really good at doing that with the children. And I think sometimes we could do a much better job with with the grown-ups that come with them. Well, and I, I don't, I'm not sure you're really off topic because Reiner's whole campaign, that whole campaign was to try to like help parents understand developmentally appropriate practice a little bit better. But it came... The it, angle that it was presented, yeah, though, could yeah, have been came, softer. <laughs> So, so what's the angle? What's the angle we should be approaching? Softer, kinder, gentler, and seeing Heather? them as competent. I loved what Heather said. Yeah, I think remembering um, competence and intelligence. These these people are um, they have all the skills. They just haven't um, thought of some of them, um, gained some extra knowledge, and and had some practice. So, one wonderful thing, of course, is always mentoring. Um, invite some of these people to into the classroom to watch. They will absorb. Um, they may not even realize what they're absorbing. And it doesn't have to be all day, um, but making sure that, that they, especially with 
families who don't have any support net around them. I mean, we had no parents in town, no grandparents, that sort Uh of thing. A lot of people are going solo, and it's incredibly hard. Um, So, you know, making a point not to to just send out a, a newsletter saying, hey, you can always come into the classroom, but going up to someone personally and saying, um, is there a day that you can stop in and, and spend some time observing? Because um, it's that personal invitation, I think, that people really respond to. And, um, and also trying to find those opportunities where if they're struggling, usually if you have young kids, you're struggling with some behavior or another. <laughs> so <laughs> find out what, what's going on with them and then using that moment to say, oh, well, you know, actually – that's really tip. Your child is biting. Okay, well, that's really typical for this age. And know that they're not alone. Whatever the thing is. Uh-huh. So just using using um, opportunities for making sure. I think that pick up and drop off time is not just depositing the child and collecting their coat and leaving. That there can be some interaction and and daily little bits of wisdom that 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 help. The adults on all sides. And I think I think those little bits is key because I mean, understanding developmentally appropriate practice and and everything that is involved in parenting well, it's like eating an elephant and you you don't you don't do it all at once. But when when you can give parents just little little bits, little tidbits, little bites um, over time, um, they, they, they pick up on that. And, and oh, it's, it's overwhelming to be handed, uh, oh, here, here, read this book, read this, uh, uh, here's, watch this three hour video, um, all that kind of stuff. All those kind of things can be very overwhelming, but those little, those little tidbits, I think it's a lot easier for them to engage and, and connect and right. not be scared, scared away of, from. And Lisa, I think the person that wrote to you was saying, "How do you how do you reach um, busy parents <laughs> yeah. who don't have any time?" And um, that's one thing I really kept in mind when I was um, writing my books was how to structure them for busy parents because I was one myself. I, I was juggling little kids, and I remember um, I I knew quite a lot once the ch- children turned about two because that was how. SYC had taught my mother, and I'd been brought up with it, so I felt really competent and confident around that age, but I didn't know what to do with an infant. Mm -hmm. So I did look at a couple of books about what the heck do you do with this baby that doesn't come with an instruction book, Um, and I found most books very, very um, wordy, and you couldn't get the the critical bits out of it. The size of a brick. And I was dizzy and tired, and I I just wanted to get the cheat sheet. And uh-huh. so that's how I was trying to present it's okay not to share and it's okay to go up the slide is realizing people don't have a lot of time. So here's one yeah. topic. You can dive into it. Here's some words you can pull out of your hat and just um, make it easy <laughs> because it's true. You don't necessarily have time to sit down and read a whole book. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot there's a lot out there on, on social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, that... that uh, condenses a lot of good information into into bite-sized bits and and since so many especially younger families I'm and maybe that's a generalization but uh, are are online all the time that that seems to be a, a, a decent place to reach them with this information um, and so figuring out ways to connect your program to that information and get it into the hands of parents is another way that that we can help uh, help educate them up I and I think that's why I thought of you when I read that one comment was because your book was in yeah, those manageable nuggets. You could pick it up, whatever chapter it opened to, and 
you know, read it and get good, good what, content in a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think we also need to think about um, that you can't, you can't press fast forward on the adults. You're always talking about, okay, we can't speed up childhood, you know, let the kids develop at their own pace and so on. But sometimes we forget that the adults need to develop at their own pace too. Because an intelligent and a competent adult who's a first-time parent or has a, maybe not a first-time parent, but has a particularly challenging child for them, um, has a long, a long way to go in, in their own evolution. And so that process takes time, and it can't be rushed. I mean, they could read a bit of a book, or they could watch something, listen to a podcast, but sometimes that information won't sink in until a year or two later. Yeah. So we, we can't rush this. I think we're pretty good in early childhood about not rushing the kids, but we're, we're impatient with the adults. We figure if they can just take in this logical information, they should be able to change instantly. And no, it does take time. And the one I see this the most on is um, weapon play. Mm. So you know, there's somebody who's just so sure they're going to be a pacifist and, and teach their kids not to hurt anybody, and that once their child reaches adulthood, there will be no more world wars. Um, but when the child, or if, if that particular child has a deep need for um, uh, weapon play, then eventually their knowledge that this is a good kid and that they, they don't seem to be hurting anybody, that'll start to percolate, and other child development-appropriate practices, information will come in, it all mixed together. And eventually... Not right away, but maybe in a year or so, they may have a different stance um, or a different set of um, beliefs about how to approach this. Yeah, you can only be you be shot in the in the head with a a graham cracker chewing into a, a handgun so many times before you start want, wanting to reevaluate the uh, the way you do things. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should ban graham <laughs> maybe, crackers. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I've, I've been seeing this, and I, 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 I dig the whole, you know, it takes them time, uh, but, but sometimes when, when they're ready, and it's kind of like kids, when, when, when you hit that, that point where you're giving them information right when they need it, um, they, they, they pick on, up on it pretty quick. I've been watching uh, my son-in-law with, uh, with Grandbaby 2.0 for about two weeks now, and, uh, and uh, you know, he, he, he met Rowan, Grandbaby 1.0, when she was about 18 months old and so he has no hands-on experience with infants until his his, his son was born and he, he went to a, a daddy boot camp at, that the hospital had and oh. that was awesome and and Lerda got a lot of good stuff there but as for holding a real baby you know moments after his son was born was was I think the first time and he looked a little bit uncomfortable in the picture and now I was watching him yesterday, and and he's he's like he's like got it down, and and to see that confidence grow when when they actually get practice with with uh, with doing these things, and and I so I guess part of our job becomes when it becomes reinforcing when we see things going right. Is that kind of maybe a tip of? Of, of, of yeah, well, I love what, what you said with confidence, because when we see things work that are effective, and we, we feel more competent and confident, and then we are better parents because we're less stressed. So yeah. whether, um, that's one thing that people tell me a lot with, with my books, is with one or two little tips, 
uh, and I don't want to simplify, oh, this is easy, just read this, but with one or two, it's just a, a different way of approaching. How are we going to get the kids out the door on time? Well, try this method of respecting, it's more of a what words to say and how can we show a, a culture of respect um, or h- how you're dealing with um, a sharing issue and waiting till they're all done. If you can just implement one thing and see how effective it is, and then your life gets simpler and you feel more confident, that's, that's a wonderful feeling. So anytime we can give, um, give a tip that's developmentally appropriate practice that can help immediately, yeah, then their confidence blooms, and it probably blooms into other areas. It spills into other areas. Yeah, it, there's a snowball effect. Well, and I yeah. think then they'd be more inclined to come back to the well, so to speak, and, and then the, yeah. the increase Say, of hey, the... hey, maybe I could learn more. Maybe I could learn more. And then I think the relationship comes into play, the trust comes into play. I think sometimes as early childhood people, we, we, we put ourselves in a position of thinking that because of our position, that we, our, our words should just be taken at face value. And I think this is a whole other topic, right? So you go to the doctor, they say, take this because you got this thing going on. And we're like, okay, you know, nobody pushes back. You say, okay. You know, and I I think sometimes as, as educators, we, we wish that sometimes we were given that same level of belief. If, you know, this is, let me tell you, you know, this is just some practice that's better for you and for the kids and it's going to go a lot easier. And, and often there's just a lot of pushback. So when it is something stated in such a way that the parent goes back and gives it a go, they're, they will like, wow, it's working. You know, that person might have more information for me, but, but the manner in which it was shared I don't know, maybe give the, the, the adult more of an inclination to give it a try, I mean, because, it, because of the method in which it was modeled or shown and not like I have all the knowledge and you must go back and do it, but hey, maybe my friend tried this. I've done that before. Well, you know, oh, I read this in a book or I saw it on an article or, you know, not because it's coming from me. Like I make up some kind of third party, you know. Well, and, and, and maybe a third party is what they need because you, the, 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 the person dynamic. in the child care pr- profession, that caregiver, there's that, there's that expert, even, I mean, even if they're not, uh, they, they, I mean, parents can be intimidated by that. And so we had some success in the past with, with hooking inexperienced parents up with parents who'd mm. been at it and who'd made some progress um, in that mentor relationship yeah. Heather was talking about because that's that's more of a peer-to-peer um, relationship and it, it, it for a lot of people that seems more comfortable than than uh, yeah, that's the one. than dealing with the expert um, and that's staff actually member. what I feel that I am is because I don't I don't work with um, young children every day except my own uh-huh. <laughs> you know I, I don't run a program I'm not the director of a preschool I I grew up with this and I can share the message sort of friend to friend yeah. parent to parent um, safer and and it's uh, so I think that's why people have said well it sounds like you're talking to me as a friend the way because uh-huh. you think about your friends you respect them you care about them you don't want to hurt their feelings but you want to help them it's just that kind of um, I love Jeff's idea about having a you know a parent who maybe has had a little bit more, a uh, few steps further down the path, who's teamed up with somebody who's a little bit newer, and it's um, and you can do that too with with the teachers in the classroom, depending how yeah, and, um, and that person that's a little bit is established that person a little bit further down the road that reinforces everything for them too, and and solidifies their practice and has them reevaluating and 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 so it's good for everybody to, involved. Uh, question what you said about, well, 
we're the early childhood, so they should just trust us well, the way we would with the doctor. <laughs> because I have seen a lot of programs that it's good the parents are questioning. Exactly. Yes. yes. The no, I agree. The premise of my whole book is question, question everything. Being. Do not accept this at face value because there's so many programs that may say, well, we know. We've got the degree in early childhood, and we know how this should be done. And they have a calendar on the wall, and they have little sticker reward systems, and, you know, and... and it's good. I think one of the teachers we need to listen to is our gut. And if Definitely. there's something you feel isn't quite right, there's probably a reason. So talk to someone you respect as far as how they parent kids. Talk to um, talk to your favorite book. Talk to your favorite podcast. But listen to that gut and learn more because what it will lead you to is learning more about child development. Well, to me, that sounds like a perfect place to wrap it up, but I don't want to jump the gun. Anything else we should throw in here before we close the episode? I'll say thanks for letting me be on again. Well. Yeah, I mean, great to have you. Who could, who could not want to Lisa Murphy around? Hey. <laughs> it was either that or I'd just <laughs> stand just, in the doorway stand in the staring corner, at you. <laughs> stand in the corner with your cup of coffee watching me and Heather record. Uh, hey, this has been another episode of Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh... Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.